readings from the book of Samuel. We actually jump into the second book of Samuel this morning, and we're going to hear about uh, David becoming king on Monday. Those of you that join us for daily mass on Monday, David is anointed king. So we've been journeying through uh, the story of Saul and David, and there's more to come. It's a fascinating story. I think all of us, myself included, need to read, actually read the, the whole book of Samuel. Uh, we're, we're only getting bits and pieces. It's all good stuff, but there's a lot of stuff for, that we could fill in the gaps. Uh, we see David this morning mourning for Saul and Jonathan who die in battle. David mourns for their death. He was great friends with Jonathan. Jonathan was the son of King Saul. So we can understand David is upset and grieving, and we hear how he rends his garments at the loss of Jonathan. But why Saul? Saul, we just heard the other day, was seeking to kill him. Saul was chasing him relentlessly throughout the lands of Israel and Palestine. Saul was enraged and filled with jealousy and envy. Jealousy, envy lead to anger. Anger leads to rage. Rage leads to murder. And that's what a lot of the exorcists told us at Mount St. Mary's. The demons desire murder. They desire death. Jealousy, envy, anger, rage, death. And also irrational things. Irrational actions, irrational desires, irrational thoughts, obsessions. Crazy, we could say. Saul lost his marbles. But David mourns the loss of Saul. The death of Saul and the death of Jonathan means the throne is open. The throne is available, but David is not thinking about himself, is he? David is continuously showing virtue, holiness, a man after God's own heart. Is he impermeable to sin? No way. We all know the rest of the story with David. But David is showing incredible virtue and qualities and holiness even when his life has been threatened. And he shows us an important thing this morning. He shows us how to love our enemies and see the good in the enemy. Can we see the good in our enemy? Can we see the good in our enemy? or that person that most annoys you, there is still good there. There's probably a lot of good. We tend, myself included, to focus on the negatives, the faults, the shortcomings, the annoyances. I learned this from a prison chaplain priest up in Baltimore. He, he's been there as a prison chaplain close to 50 years. He's seen the worst of the worst. It used to be a federal supermax prison. Now it's a federal detention center. He said this, even in the worst of people, there is still good. Even in the worst of people, there is still good. And even in the best of people, there's still evil. <laughs> when he said that, it made me think, oh boy. So even in the, in the worst of people, there's still good, but even in the best of people, there's still evil. David gives us a good example today. He saw the good in his enemy, trusting in the Lord through the thick and the thin compassionate, empathetic, and merciful. We heard the other day he had a chance to kill him in the cave. David would not kill the anointed, would he? You remember. And he had another chance in the encampment. David was faithful to God. 
God will win in the end. I remember saying that the other day. God will win in the end, even if things don't seem to work out for us or in our favor or how we want things to go. One of the men shared with me this morning, and that man is you, our Saturday morning men's group, how they saw a great increase in the number of men and fervor among the men in our parish and any of the other men that join us from other parishes after COVID. And I remember at the last parish I was at, and in St. John's here, the enrollment increased around 20% after COVID. So just to throw that in there, how God can bring good from anything, right? So although things might not work out for us or seem to work out for us, God's, God is there, God's hand is there. What do we have to do? We just have to be faithful to him. And David gives us an incredible example of faithfulness in the story of David. He becomes the greatest king of Israel. But as we know, we all know, he will fail. He will fall. But he turns back to the Lord. He repent, repents. He turns back to the Lord. And when we fall, all of us, or when we will fall, we need to turn back to the Lord and not lose our faith, not lose our trust in the Lord. Jesus says, not, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. It's in John's Gospel, chapter 14. We have to love our enemies. We have to pray for them. Jesus said so. St. Paul reminds us. Trust is the key. Trust in the Lord. We have to see the good in everyone. Be patient and kind and wait on the Lord. We wait on the Lord and he will renew our strength. Wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. Mother Teresa said, I've said it countless times before, but it's good, I think, to keep repeating over and over. If you knew the wounds of your worst enemy, you would be reduced to tears. If we can't see the good in our enemies, if we can't have empathy for them, then we're not truly loving our enemies. And this is hard. This is difficult. This is sometimes nearly impossible. But we know all things are possible with Christ, and we can do nothing without him. David gives us a good example today how to love our enemies. Let us pray for the graces that we can do the same. Amen.